Happy Father's Day, men. We celebrate you. Are you, are you guys afraid I'm going to trip over the, the table? <laughs> Maybe they've seen me walk. Hey, buddy. Hi, guys. Oh, I love these guys. Hi. I'm called Puppasaurus. Amen. Well, we might have a different kind of sermon this morning. <laughs> Children, you are excused, and also the youth, you are not meeting upstairs, you're meeting in the other building, so you are excused this morning. Hey, buddy. Hallelujah. I wrote down this morning as we were worshiping the summit where my feet are. So Pastor Brenda, great word. Great word. It's funny, so sometimes we think God is only on the mountaintop. And when we're in the valley, we're going, where are you? But when we get a picture and a realization that he is where we are, he never leaves me. He never leaves you. Not only does he never leave you, but it also says he never forsakes you. They're two different words. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. What a picture of a heavenly father. I have been overwhelmed this last year and a bit with how good my father is. He's good. He knew what I was thinking. And I wasn't thinking bad things. But he knew where I was, what I was doing. He knew every intricate detail of me. And instead of turning away, he went, I love you. And I literally said, how can you love something and someone that has nothing to do, nothing to give? And he says, it's not what you do. It's not what you give. It's who you are. You're my son. And fathers, when we learn to love like the father, it will change our families. That's free. That's for free. I mean, this, this one here, what I'm teaching now, involves tithes, gifts, and offerings, but that was free. <sighs> Hallelujah. You know, I, I'm glad that we can laugh about money. I'm glad that we can. And I'm here to tell you, God wants to supply all your needs. He doesn't look at it whether it's a dollar sign or whether it's an amount of peace or whether it's an amount of serenity or whatever. He can supply all your needs. Financial, physical, mental, emotional, whatever it is, spiritual, health. We don't serve a God that's limited. <laughs> I'd, I'd encourage you, dream big. Ask big. Ask big. What's the worst that can happen? You say, what do you mean? Well, the worst that can happen is it stays the way it is. 
the best that can happen is it changes. Hallelujah. I serve a good God. Look at somebody and say, I serve a good God. And then grab your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. We're going to talk about this is a house. This is a house of his presence. I don't know about you, but I love his presence. Because his presence is where he is. If you want to be in my presence, you actually are where I am. So when we talk about his presence, what we're actually talking about is him. Who he is, where he is, him. God. God the Father. God the Holy Spirit. God the Son. Jesus. And this is a house of his presence. This is something, as, as, as Pastor Brenda recognized and honored Pastor Nelson this morning, this is something we have fostered. Poured sweat, tears, probably even blood into the aspect of this is a house of his presence. And I want to take some time this morning and I want to look at the value of his presence. I, I wrote down a, a, a number of D's because I like the letter, the letter, yeah, the letter, not the number, the letter D. Not the number D, the letter D. And, um, and it, to me, I, I had like three Ds. And uh, some of you guys, what does 3D mean? It's width, height, depth, dimensions. So just David being David came up with the three Ds of God's presence. And I'm going to tell you, it's actually multidimensional. But I, God, God's gifted me with some very unique gifts and talents. And I was going to do dad jokes today, but uh, I thought, no, um, all the dads here are going to be doing dad jokes. Um, before I go any further, I, I writ, wrote down in my notes here, but um, actually, I want to honor Harry Carr this morning. Harry, are you able to stand up for a moment? I, I want to recognize Harry. He received on Friday afternoon, Friday evening, he received the Queen's Platinum Jubilee Award for tireless service to our community and our country. And, and he was recognized in Abbotsford with a number of other citizens. I want to honor you and recognize you today, Harry. Thank you for being a servant to our community. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You are a tremendous example of passion and care for our community. Thank you. God, when, when we talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, I want to give you a few thoughts this morning. God the Father is quite often seen in the Old Testament. It's not only the Old Testament, but quite often God the Father, that the recognition of him was seen or um, established in the Old Testament. And so we see God the Father in the Old Testament is very much God for us. If you see and you study the Old Testament, it was God for us. He was for the nation 
of Israel. He was for his people. It's God for us. And then the New Testament starts and we get the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Whew, I got them all four correct. And, um, and we see God the Son, Jesus, and we see his life. Now, Jesus is in the Bible in the Old Testament. In fact, what you find in the Old Testament, everything points to Jesus. So Jesus is not absent from the Old Testament, but sometimes you have to search or look and, and you see him. But in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he was there, and it's actually God with us. So God the Father is God for us. Jesus is actually the word Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts through the rest of the New Testament. And again, the Holy Spirit is not just in the New Testament. He's also in the Old Testament. And the Father is not just in the Old Testament. He's in the New Testament. But sometimes you see a significance or, or a, 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 a picture of him and a realization. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is seen in Acts. And it continues through the Gospels or through the rest of the New Testament as it takes the life of Jesus. And now it sees it through the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit enables us and recognizes the power of Jesus. So we have the Holy Spirit is God in us. What a beautiful picture of the continuity of, the, of our Father, of God. God the Father is God for us. God the Son is Jesus, who's God with us. And then we have God the Holy Spirit, who's God in us. Do you see it gets better? God is a progressive God. He's not regressive. He's progressive. He gets better. And when we spend eternity with him, it's even going to be better than what it is here. And I'll be honest with you, I do enjoy here. I enjoy the colors, the smells, the, except for the smells in the spring, but I enjoy, I, enjoy the sea, I enjoy the flowers, I enjoy the beauty of God. And it's only going to get better. So God for us, God with us, God in us. In Exodus 33, we have an interesting passage I want to read the passage, and then I want to give a little bit of context, because sometimes when we get the context, we get a greater understanding of what's happening. So I want to read about three or four verses from Exodus 33, and then I want to take a few minutes, and I want to paint a picture of the power of God's presence and how God's presence is so amazing and so powerful and so distinguishing, so definite, so distinct, and how it's on display. So Moses here in Exodus 33, God's getting ready and he says, I want to take you to the promised land. And Moses said to him, so earlier in the chapter, verse 3, God says, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go in your midst. Be careful, or because you are an obstinate people and I might destroy you on the way. I'm so glad he recognized that. And in the previous verse, he says, I'm going to send an angel. God had told Moses, I'm going to send an angel to take you into the promised land. And here he's talking, and he said that in a few chapters earlier. And here he says, listen, I want you to go up. I'm going to send an angel, but you guys are a crazy people, obstinate. I'm not coming. Because if I come, 
you, you, it's going to be trouble. And, and then you get down to verse 12, and Moses is interceding, and he says to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you yourself, I mean, listen to the language of relationship here. This, this is powerful. This is Moses, man, talking to God. And he says, you say to me, bring up this people, but you yourself. Oh, wow, you actually can say that to God? Have not let me know whom you will send with me. Moreover, you said, I've known you by name, and you've also found favor in my sight. He's saying, God, you said, I know you by name. You've said to me. I know you by name. You've also said to me that I found favor in your sight. But now you're telling me, I don't even know who's coming with me. I want us to see how important his presence is. He says, now, therefore, I pray, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways that I may know you, that I may find favor in your sight. Consider, too. Not only me, but consider that this nation is your people. Now, there's a little bit of a play on words here because God earlier says to Moses, you brought them out of Egypt, and now Moses is saying, you brought them out of Egypt, and it's like, God, you've done this. Not only that, but this nation is your people. And they're having, wow. Wow. And he said, my presence, this is God. After that, he says, my presence shall go with you, and I'll give you rest. And then Moses replies to him in verse 15, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. Like, don't even, if you're not with us, do not lead us out of here. If God's not with us, we ain't moving. He says, God, if you're not with us, we ain't going. Because I'd rather be with you than in the promised land enjoying this because you are where it's at. We sang that song, you're the summit where my feet are. When we get an understanding and a revelation of where God is with us all the time, it changes how we live. And Moses here says, unless you go with us, don't lead us up from here, and we ain't going. For how can then it be known that I have not found favor in your sight? If you say I've found favor, you know how I know i found favor? Is you're with me. I and your people. Is it not that you're going with us so that we, I and your people, may be distinguished from all the other people who are on the face of the earth? Wow. Now, in context, the children of Israel, this is, happens just after Moses comes down from Mount Sinai with the tablets. The iPad is not new. There was a tablet in the Old Testament. And Moses came down, and God had written on the tablet the Ten Commandments. And Moses comes down, and the people, in a matter of 40 days, left everything they had seen and said, we need something. Moses ain't here. Give us something. And they 
made up, and it's funny because if you read the context, we don't have time to get all into it all, but he, Moses gets upset with Aaron, and Aaron says, listen, I asked them for their gold, I threw it in the fire, and out comes a calf. It's like, man, we got some, sometimes our stories and our excuses are like, you know, like, did you really think that through? How did that sound in your head before it came out of your mouth? And, and Moses came down, and he's angry, and he smashes the Ten Commandments. Before that, the people had started to recognize God's presence by his cloud descending on this mountain and there was thunder and there was lightning and there was fire and God would call Moses up and sometimes Moses would go by himself, sometimes he'd go with others and he'd spend time talking one-to-one with God. So they were starting to get a picture of a presence, of a relationship And it was awe, in fact, it was so awe-inspiring, God said, listen, if an animal touches this mountain, it's dead. I'm not sure we totally understand the gravitas of his presence. Jesus walked into a room a woman that had demonic influence and, and had this besiege on her, he walks into the room, it's gone. His presence. He breathes on his disciples and they receive the Holy Spirit. He shows up in a boat, onto the land. He gets out of the boat, he starts walking, and there's a demonic, a man who's possessed by a demon, and that demonic man, God, Jesus doesn't, he shows up, and the demonic spirit recognizes Jesus and runs to him and says, get out of here. And God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, be whole, healed. It's gone. The gravity of the presence of God. And Moses here, the people of Israel have seen the the power and the presence of God. And then in a matter of 40, and, and, and this last two years, COVID, Church attendance has been down. We had to learn how to worship God in a different way. It became much more personal for a while than corporate because we were not permitted to meet together in the ways that we were used to. And statistically, church attendance declined. And quite frankly, it was because we, me, had to learn how to worship God, had to have his presence with us because we did not understand it in the way. I I believe there was something that happened dynamically and we've learned to value God's presence in a personal way 
If you come to church and you think that's enough to get you through the week, I'm telling you there's more. There have been times I've been to church, it's got me through the week, but that's not my standard. My standard is I come to church and I want to bless you, strengthen you, encourage you. And the rest of the week, I spend time with God. Last night, yesterday, I was sitting in my office and all of a sudden his presence, it was like just, there's something about his presence. There's something about his presence. And this is a house of his presence. And this is a house of his presence. I host his presence because now it's God in us. Now it's God in me. So no longer is it just when I show up on church, but now it's where I go, his presence goes. And as we sang, whether it's on the top or whether the mountain's in the way, my feet is where the summit is because that's where he is. And Moses taught the children of Israel, and they had a recognition of his presence. In fact, when God says he's not going to come, they got distraught, and they got rid of their ornaments, and they were distraught because they were wanting to go to the promised land, and God said, I'm not going. I'll just send an angel. Listen. Sometimes we accept things, but we don't have God with us. Have God with you. Do not accept even something that sounds good, but if it's not with God, don't go there. Don't accept anything if God's not with it. And Moses here says, no, I even, and, and it's like, you know what? God would have done the angel because God told him a couple chapters earlier, an angel's taking you. An angel could do more than the people could do. The angel was enough to take them into the land. But Moses says, no, it's not enough because I want you. His presence. So I want to show you a few things. That's a context. And actually, if you take Exodus 33 and you bring it all the way to the end of the chapter, what happens is now they start building the tabernacle. A place to house his presence. As I read these last chapters of, of Exodus, it's all about God's presence with them. It's all about how God wants to be with them. And he was particular. Please, let us not become nonchalant with a God that is particular. I may dress in a certain manner, but I tell you, my, I do not want to become nonchalant and just slide into church. And just, no, this, this is precious. You are precious. We do this together. His presence this morning, last week, the weeks before, his presence that we have fostered for almost 40 years or over 40 years is not by accident. It is through a determined decision to say, we want you, God, because if we don't have you, it isn't worth it. It's not even a good social club. Without his presence, don't show up. 
I show up because I know he's here. I'm going way over time this morning. But I want to show you something about the three-dimensional, the 3D. What's actually, what's interesting too, is God tells Moses when he's on Mount Sinai and he's getting the Ten Commandments, he says, listen, you better hurry down that mountain. Because those people, they've done something real. <clears throat> and he says, the elevator didn't go all the way up on this one, Moses. Your people. They've done something real bad. So Moses already knows they've done something bad. He tells God to cool down and to settle down and relax. I'm, I'm being a little, taking artistic liberty. But they have a conversation, and, and Moses says, God, please, just for, just, and then he gets down, and he blows a gasket. And it's like, but he knew what was happening because God told him. And he had just spent time with God and said, God, please don't take it out on him. And he gets out there, and he takes it out on him. It's amazing. You read the, sometimes when we read the Bible through a different lens, we get a different thing. And so I'm reading Exodus through the power of his presence, the beauty of his presence, the, the, the magnitude of his presence, and Exodus is about taking them out of Egypt, bringing them into the promised land, and it's about having and fostering and nurturing his presence. It's where they built the temple, the, the tabernacle, and, and the tabernacle housed God's presence. This was the place of meeting. They used to have a tent of meeting, but now God says, no, I want it done this way. And he had, he had the priest had to wear certain gar garments. He had certain... Uh, fabric and certain material in the temp in the tabernacle it was specific it had dimensions and sizes to it it was particular your god he he's a he is a god of details with me he gave me an extra gene of funny that's his detail with me the value of God's presence. So Moses says, I'm not going to go up there without you. I want to tell you a few things here. God's presence is a defining presence. It's a defining presence. It defined the children of Israel. His presence defined them. It was noticeable. You and I have a noticeable presence. I want people to think when I'm in the room, something changes for a good way. Because I carry his presence. His presence is a defining presence. Rahab in Joshua chapter 2 tells the spies that Joshua sent to, to spy out the land, says, listen, we've been freaking out and our hearts melted with fear 40 years ago when you came out of Egypt. Why? Because they had heard the definition of his presence. Sometimes the enemy has more faith than we do. They had faith in God that the God was going to destroy them. God's presence defined the nation. God's presence is a distinguishing presence. 
Not only does it define, but it distinguishes. It sets you apart. Peter says, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Doesn't mean that we're weird and all. No, it just means we're unique. You and I carry something that the world is so desperate for. You don't think so? You watch Hollywood is searching for a hero. I would sing the song, give me a hero, but I'm not Whitney Houston and I'm not going to make a fool out of myself. But I need a hero. His name is Jesus. And the world is looking for heroes. And they make movies that make people heroes or these figures heroes and they sell hundreds of millions of dollars. Why? Because people are desperate because they realize they don't have it within us ourselves to be enough. We realize there's something greater. And where do these heroes come from? From another planet. From something different and other than worldly. I mean, it's uncanny to think the need and the desperation in the world, and yet we sit here and go, I have a Savior who came from heaven, whose Father sent him. He was born on earth. He was given to us as a gift. He came to redeem us, to save us from sin. He came to give his life as a ransom for us. He died and then he rose again and he conquered death and he is victorious and because of he's victorious, I'm victorious and I don't have to have those struggles. Yes, I may have those battles, but I also know that he won and he is victorious and my strength and my faith and my confidence is in what he did. Why? Because of his presence. It's distinguishing. It distinguished Israel from all other nations. It distinguished them personally and corporately. It distinguishes us as a body, and we're not in competition with other churches. We're not in competitions. We complement each other. But it distinguishes us as a body, as a church locally, as a church globally, but it also uh, distinguishes us personally. No other people had what Israel had. No other nation had what Israel had. No other country, no other demographic, no other individual has what you and I have in relationship with a relationship with Jesus. Unless they know the Savior, they do not have that. It's a distinguishing fact. His presence distinguished them. It wasn't just known by Israel, but it was known by everybody. I'm, I'm, oh, can you imagine? People just want to be around you because there's something about you that they gravitate to. That's what his presence is. It's a soothing. You can bring peace into a room. You can speak hope to a situation. You can bring comfort that nobody else can bring because of his presence. Because God is in us. He's for us, he's with us, and he's in us. God's presence is a displaying presence. It's a presence that displays. Do you know that they had a cloud that led them through the day their own air conditioning in the desert, and then they had a fire that was with them at night. 
I'm get, I can't wait to get to heaven to watch this on the holy DVDs. It's like plug and play. What do you want to see, David? Well, gee whiz, I want to see Noah. I want to see David and Goliath. Can I watch that on repeat? Can I, uh, you know, his presence was so powerful. It was a displaying, and God is not afraid to display his presence. It's not that he's a show-off, but he shows off. Things happen in the New Testament, and they said to Jesus, why is this person sick? Is it because of his mom, his dad, this or that? And he goes, no, it's so that the glory of God can be shown. Sometimes we need to go, let's have a glory display. His presence. As I'm speaking, I'm asking God to put a passion inside of us to be people that are only satisfied with his presence. If your presence isn't here, God, it's not worth it. I have nothing better to do on Sunday morning than to be here. This is the crowning moment of my week. This, I, I plan my week around my Sundays. I plan. I plan on Monday what's going to happen Sunday. In fact, I plan for a number of Sundays from now already where I'm going to be. I won't be here next Sunday. I'm going to be in another church next Sunday worshiping. I crave his presence. It's a presence that is a displaying presence. His presence was on display. It was not dormant. His presence was active, alive, and real. It was a cloud during the day, a fire by night. You'll see that in Exodus 40, at the end of the chapter. God's not afraid to be seen. I'm sometimes afraid to be seen, but God is not afraid to be seen. Last week, Pastor Louise shared at the end of the sermon, she, she closed the sermon such, so succinctly and so well by saying, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Your neighborhood needs you. Your place of business needs you. Why? Because you have a defining presence, a distinguishing presence, and a presence of God that can display things that other presence cannot display. Those are the three Ds, a 3D presence. Do you like that play on words? It's like, that's a dad joke in the presence. I tell you, I got away with him. I want to encourage you to never settle for anything less than his presence. Never settle for making your own decision. Never settle for going somewhere without him. Never settle for making decisions without God involved. It's not that we don't make decisions, but I make decisions based on his presence, on him. 
be so caught up that you're like Moses and that you say, unless you're there, I'm not going. And by the way, if God sends you to go somewhere, he's with you. So don't use it as an excuse not to do anything. Use it as an excuse that when you do something, he's with you. Okay? And I'm going to say this. Make Sundays your priority. I'm your pastor. I want to be honest with you. There's something that happens Sundays that we don't get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. There's something powerful that happens. A strengthening of brother to brother, sister to sister, family to family. It's an outpouring of his presence. There's something that happens that can impact you in a moment here. And quite frankly, we don't do it for four hours. We do it for an hour and 21 minutes. I'm almost done. But something can happen in that hour and 21 plus minutes that can affect you the rest of the week, which is 166 minutes and 40 166 hours and 40 minutes that is affected by this one hour and 20 minutes. Amen? I want his presence. Not only do I want his presence, I need. (laughs) I need his presence. I'm a mess without it. I'm all put together because of his presence. I mean, I'm put together because of his presence. Man, when you see me out of his presence, I'm a mess. I need his presence. Look at somebody, and don't say you need his presence. Say, I need, I need his presence. Look at somebody say, I need his presence. Hallelujah. Can you stand for a moment? I want to pray a blessing over you. And as I pray this blessing, what I'd like you to do is is I want to encourage you to open yourself up physically. You might say, well, this what this is. Sometimes body language reveals something inside. So what I encourage you to do is take a moment and just you don't have to go like as a touchdown. You can just go as you're as you're carrying the baby. Just like we, we just, just open yourself up. I want to just speak a few words over you that will affect you the rest of this week. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Happy Father's Day. <laughs>